Welcome. You're listening to episode number 60 of the Can Do MS podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Balistrieri. Today we have Dr. Michelle Cameron with us to discuss cannabis and MS. Dr. Cameron is both a physical therapist and a neurologist. She is a professor of neurology at OHSU, the Oregon Health and Science University, and at the VA Portland Healthcare System. Her expertise focuses on patient care and treating people with MS. She has done research in many areas, including falls, mobility, and the use of cannabis and cannabinoids in people with MS. We're very lucky to have her here today to share her knowledge in the area of cannabis and MS. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Cameron. Thank you. Thanks so much for inviting me. I'm excited to do this. We have an exciting topic. We do. Can you start by telling us a bit about yourself and your role with medicine and cannabis? Sure. So I'm a neurologist. I'm a Oregon Health and Science University up in Portland, Oregon, and I mostly um, work with patients with MS. So that's my area, and I'm particularly interested in cannabis when I saw close on 10 years ago now that we had pretty good evidence that cannabis could help people with MS with their spasticity. Okay, great. Thanks. So let's get this big question out of the way. What's legal versus what's not legal? Well, it's a big question. So federal law in America says cannabis is schedule one. That means it is illegal. There is no medical use for it. It has greater harms than benefits. So that's federal law. And then as you go from state to state, you'll see varying state regulation. In some states, they've legalized medical use of cannabis. And in some states, in addition, they've legalized recreational use of cannabis. So the the law varies. And then just to add one more layer to that, people's employers may have different rules and regulations. Let's say for myself, if I use cannabis, I can be tested, I can lose my job. So be aware of that for all of the listeners here, both for themselves and if this is providers for their patients. that employers may have very different points of view than either the federal government or the state government. Okay, that makes sense. And I don't expect you to be an expert on every country's laws and regulations, but can you speak briefly to like maybe a couple of differences between the US and somewhere outside the US, like Canada, if you know anything about them? I do a little bit. So um, mostly I know about the medical use and particularly in MS. So in Canada, they have actually legalized uh, a biologic, oh, let's try that again. So in Canada, the rules are a little bit different in that they have made legal and approved a plant-based product that is for spasticity in MS specifically and can be prescribed. That's not the case here in the US. Thank you. That's very interesting and great to hear what our neighbors in the North are doing. So cannabis and MS, why does this conversation matter? Well, I think there's all sorts of information out there, some of it true, some of it not. We all know what the internet breeds. So I think it's really important, given the noise about it, that people with MS know, as best we know, what the facts are. What do we know about what cannabis does do, doesn't do, benefits and risks? This isn't entirely harmless. Okay. Is there any research that you can share regarding how many people with MS use cannabis? So about a third of people with MS seem to use cannabis at any one time. And most of those people, when asked, actually do so at least on a daily basis. So lots and lots of people are using cannabis. 
um, as I say, one in three, probably varies a little depending on the legality. Wow, that's a decent amount more than I expected. Yeah. Um, so how is cannabis potentially helpful for individuals with MS? So when we look at the research, what we see as the most prominent is research on spasticity. And what we see there is particularly with specific cannabis preparations that are a one-to-one CBD-THC combination that it reduces patient reported spasticity. It's a modest effect, but it's a pretty consistent effect. And we also see fair evidence that it may help reduce pain. Okay, so it's mostly symptom relief, not really managing multiple sclerosis itself, as far as the research is concerned? Exactly. There's a little bit of research, or actually a a fair amount of research, looking at the immune effects of cannabis, but this is all in animals. There's really no research in people with MS to show any disease-modifying effect. So this is entirely symptomatic and a really good thing to separate out. Okay. Can you speak to some potential benefits or risks of cannabis, just maybe in general, not not even necessarily related to MS? Um, I think when we speak to benefits, they tend to be disease-specific or condition-specific. So as I said, spasticity, pain, they're really the big areas. There is a whole world of looking at CBD for um, epilepsy and specific forms of epilepsy and reducing seizure rates, but in a very, very limited um, types of epilepsy. So all sorts of um, areas that have been looked at. With regards to risks, I think one huge area that is often underappreciated and would be true for anyone is drug-drug interactions. And what I mean by that is just like with other medications, if you take two medicines together, they can affect each other. And so if you're thinking of using cannabis product, you really need to speak with your provider to go, is this going to interact with any of my medications? And then there's sort of some of the more obvious side effects, I think, that most people probably realize. You probably don't think as well. And if you've got cognitive problems from your MS, that could be even worse. You might be a little unsteady on your feet. You could feel sort of dizzy a little confused, all of the sorts of things I think people think of if they're going to use cannabis is, oh yeah, I may not be as smart or as uh, think as well as I used to or while I was using it. And we do know that if people use chronically, so they use every day and then we test them, that their cognitive status is not as good. They don't perform as well on cognitive tests. Although fortunately, if they stop using for a month, they seem to improve again. Okay. And with fatigue being one of the the highest uh, rates of symptom and multiple sclerosis, is there any research you're aware of regarding fatigue and cannabis use? So again, an interesting one, cannabis can certainly make people drowsy. So more fatigued, though some people use it for sleep with the hope that if they sleep better, they'll be less fatigued in the daytime. So that that sort of can go either way. If you think of anything that's sedating, a little depends on when do you use it. If you use it in the daytime, well, then you're more fatigued. If you use it at night, there's a possibility you would be less fatigued, although that's not been studied. Okay, that makes sense. If someone lives in a state with both recreational and medical marijuana, does it matter where they purchase if they choose to use it? 
So it does vary a bit from state to state as to how those two go together, but basically the product is the same. So whether you're buying medical marijuana or buying recreational marijuana, you're buying the same stuff. Certainly here in Oregon, the only difference is, or there are two big, two small differences. One is if you're buying medical, you don't pay taxes on it. So it's cheaper and you can buy more at a time. And I think that varies a bit from state to state. I don't know every single state's rules, but basically the difference is cost, not what your product is. I do wanna bring up a third version though. So here's medical marijuana, there's recreational marijuana. Potentially in the future, they may be FDA approved cannabis products. Right now, the only FDA approved are either synthetics or that CBD product we talked about that's for epilepsy. Um, those will be very, anything that's FDA approved has to be manufactured exactly the same way, tested very rigorously, and is much, much more reliable as to what's on the label is exactly what you get. But the medical recreational, um, otherwise same stuff, just how you buy it might be a little different. Okay, thanks. And what can you share about topicals and CBD? I know you mentioned CBD briefly in relation to the study on epilepsy, but we've been seeing more varieties of CBD products for general use. So I think on the upside with topicals, the side effect profile is probably, it's probably safer because you get less in you. We don't really have good data though on what it does for you. So it's a little hard for me to say. I mean, my patients tell me all sorts of things. Um, I think it's a pretty safe way to start, but unclear if it'll help you or not. And with regards to CBD only products, those get a little trickier. Um, because of the hemp regulations, those products can come from all sorts of places. And so the labeling on them may be even less reliable. When you get um, mixed products at a marijuana dispensary, at least there are state laws about testing those, how well those are implemented may vary. But with the CBD only products, those can be imported, they may be untested. So what's on the bottle, what's written on the bottle and what's in the bottle may or may not be the same. Okay, that's definitely important and good to take into consideration. I know I was curious about that, so I'm sure some of our listeners were too. So looking forward, what do you know about ongoing or future research studies? Um, there's a fair amount of research. It is still in the, in the human world focused on symptom control in MS. And so, and again, mostly focused on looking at spasticity and really trying to understand if there's a way to capture those changes um, objectively or by someone other than the patient. So as to remove some of the bias in some of the studies or potential bias. Um, also looking at pain and in other, pain in other conditions. And certainly ongoing basic science, looking at the immune effects of cannabis. And then a whole world outside of MS. I mean, from cancer to rheumatology, there's, there's all sorts of work that people are looking at. It's definitely not work that I know intimately. 
Okay. Yeah. So cannabis has come a long way in the past decade and it sounds like there's still a lot of, a lot of room for us to, to learn about cannabis and different laws and regulations that we may see in the future. Absolutely. And I think we still are challenged by those laws and regulations in doing the research. So because this is, we said at the beginning is a schedule one drug federally, you have to go through all sorts of hoops to do research on it. Just even have it in your lab, locked cabinets, tracking it all. And it's quite different than doing research with other products. Yeah, definitely. And then not even just that, but monitoring someone that you're having use the, use the not, non-approved drug. Exactly, exactly. And most research is federally funded. And so then you're absolutely subjected to federal regulation. Is there anything else that you want our listeners to know or think about when it comes to cannabis? I think probably the most important thing is that they discuss this with their provider. As much as they may feel awkward or uncomfortable talking about using cannabis, that if it's something they're either doing or thinking of doing, that they do discuss that with their provider. So their provider knows and can advise them as best they can. And as I said, particularly with the concern for drug-drug interactions, if you're taking anything else, you need to know, is it safe to combine these things? Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and this is a hot topic that I don't think is going anywhere. So I'm sure a lot of people are going to be interested in hearing what you have to say about it and learning from the expert here. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you so much for joining the Can Do MS podcast. Um, on behalf of me and, and Can Do Multiple Sclerosis, it was an honor to speak with you. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was a delight. Thank you for joining us for this fascinating discussion about cannabis and MS. This episode of the Can Do MS podcast was brought to you by our sponsors, EMD Serono, Novartis Pharmaceuticals, Sanofi Genzyme, and Genentech. And a special thank you to you, our listeners. We appreciate you tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify to leave a rating and review.